0: Lights. Camera. Asia. A look at Asian culture and history through the lens of cinema. Hello and welcome to Lights, Camera, Asia, I'm Jake Chen. We are moving to a new movie this week, and this one might be one of the most highly acclaimed Chinese movies in recent years. It is called The Grand Master, and it is directed and produced by renowned Hong Kong director Wong Kar Wai. Now, some of you might remember that we spent quite a few episodes earlier this year to examine another one of Wong's highly acclaimed masterpiece called In the Mood for Love. This movie shares quite a few of Wong's directorial trademarks. They include the dreamy cinematography, the use of music to accentuate a mood, and the frequent use of slow motion at key spots. We're going to get into all of that in later episodes, but first, Let's take a look at the story and perhaps more importantly, the historical background behind it. The film story revolves around the life of the late Ip Man. Ip is one of the most famous martial artists who's ever come out of China. During his lifetime, he's known for popularizing the Wang Chun School, a martial art style that focuses on quick strikes and counter-attacks. He's also known for tutoring the one and only Bruce Lee. Martial arts movie enthusiasts might also know this interesting fact. After Hong Kong-based action star Donnie Yen portrayed Ib Man in a movie of the same name in 2008, the character Ib underwent this kind of unprecedented cultural revival. The stories of him and of his families were dug up and studied by many and several more film studios capitalized on this newfound popularity and fame of the late martial artist and produced a series of Ip Man movies. Some decent in quality, others, well, as you can probably imagine by this point, were just mediocre cash grabs. So by the time the acclaimed Wong Kar-wei announced that he was going to make a movie on the same person, many fans at the time were doubtful on whether Wong was able to deliver anything new that's insightful, since the subject matter, for a lack of better expression, had been done to death by that point. In a typical Wong Kar Wai fashion, production was kept quiet with very little information leaked. But when the film finally came out and hit the big screen, it suffice to say that it blew the socks off the audience and critics alike. It was nominated for as many as 13 awards at the Hong Kong Film Festival ranging from the best director, the best feature film, the best cinematography and original soundtrack, as well as the best actor and actress. It's a high-quality production through and through, and it surprised many, as it actually did tell a beautiful story of not just Ip Man himself, but of a number of remarkable characters that together preserved martial art truly as an art and craft during the most volatile period in Chinese recent history. Now, I think I've made as grand of an introduction as possible, so let's dive into the film story. The film kicks off in the 1930s, where a group of martial artists in China were in discussion of forming a national alliance that would connect different schools and styles in the North and South. It goes without saying that it is a very significant event and the heads of many schools are either discreetly or openly vying for the head of the alliance. The head of the Northern Alliance, Mr. Gong Baoshen, is the head of the Gong family. And he's known for a style called the Gong's 64 hands, which he has also passed on to his daughter. On the other side of the nation, the martial artists in Southern China elected Yip Man to represent them to meet with Gong in an upcoming meeting. In many ways, Yip Man's personality is the polar opposite of that of Mr. Gong. Gong is a highly accomplished and respected martial artist, and every time he makes a presence among his peers, his every move demands attention and respect. He stands tall and he talks in a very confident and deliberate manner. Ip Man, on the other hand, is almost like a recluse. He is very laid back in his everyday life, and he spends most of his time practicing his Wong Chun style and in his downtime, he simply chooses to spend time with his wife. When he was first elected to represent the Southern martial artist, he was quite humble and reluctant. He didn't believe he was fit for the role since it is such a lofty position, and he thought many of his peers should be of better fit. But as the day of the meeting approaches, he realizes that he simply had to take up the mantle. The meeting between Mr. Gong and Ip Man was quite an event. It is set in a place called the Jinlo, or the Golden Pavilion. It is a place where important figures often meet with one another and there are plenty of entertainment to go around. The two talk briefly and engage in the spa. But before we get all excited, the spa is unlike most that we have seen in typical martial art movies. Instead of an actual hand-to-hand combat, the spar takes place mostly in their heads, with plenty of symbolic moves and images. In real life, Gong holds up a piece of pancake in his hand and he challenges each Man to do anything that he can to break it up. Now, under any other circumstances, this would look like a simple enough task. But it is the renowned Gong Baosen who is holding the pancake and he's known for the thousands of unpredictable moves that he could make. In response, Eep reaches out his hand, but stops just short of actually touching the pancake. Then both close their eyes, and we see in their heads that they've tried to attack and counter each other in a variety of ways. In the imaginary clash of the two, their distinct styles really shows. Deep Man's Wing Chun emphasizes on quick and direct movements, whereas Mr. Gong's 64 hands relies more on parrying and counterattacks. When they reopen their eyes, the pancake appears to be still intact. Only a second later, the cake breaks and everybody watching this intense moment lets out an exclamation. This marks a shift in the martial arts landscape because Gong had never suffered a loss in his entire life. He says that he wants Ib to carry the alliance forward, because in their brief talk before the spar, he realizes that despite his laid back and quiet demeanor, Ib is the kind of person who is trustworthy because he has a very broad perspective on things, and he doesn't have this tribal mentality where he thinks his style is the best. His openness to bring everyone together impresses Gong quite a bit, and in turn, Gong, as he hints afterwards, breaks the pancake with his own force, and yielded at the position of the seed to Eat Man. This looks like a new height in life. A newly found power and respect certainly is what many men want. However, like many things in life, it doesn't come so easy. Gong Ar is the daughter of Mr. Gong, and she is a very competitive young martial artist. While most agree with her father's decision of moving Eat Man to the new position of leadership, Gong'er is not okay with her father's call at all. She's not okay with anyone carrying the Gong's family name to lose in a spar. To her, maintaining that lossless record to her family name means the world. And despite her father telling her not to do so, Gong'er went out to challenge a Man to a real fight. It is worth mentioning that China in the 1930s was still a very traditional society. And that women tend to end up in a subordinate position compared to men. Not many women had the ability or guts to challenge men's decision, especially one made by a powerful group of established martial artists. But Guan'er is very different. Like her father, she's highly confident and believes a great deal in herself. In fact. But her father has always been loving, supportive, and forward-thinking, has afforded her the opportunity of receiving the best education both at school and in martial arts since a very young age. So not long after the inaugural event, Ip Man heads once again over the Golden Pavilion to spar with another member of the Gong family. And meanwhile, in the background an event that later on brought the biggest trauma to China in its recent history looms over. Again, this is the late 1930s, and Japan was gearing up its invasion to China. The war later on led to over millions killed and some of the most radical political shifts in recent Chinese history. For the martial artists at the time, it was not only a time of crisis, it was also a time where their faith, belief, patriotism was put to great test. It was a time where many of them lost their lives and the opportunity to pass on their art, which is considered the most important part of their life. It is not an overstatement to say that a storm is coming and each Man is about to be hit from all directions. In next week's episode, we'll further explore the story and we'll see how Ip Man fares against Gongar in their duel and how that affects their relationship and the fate of many many martial artists and civilians moving forward. Thank you for listening to this episode for Lights Camera Asia. I'm Jake Chen What do you know about Taiwan? I know who the president is. What about their local music and food? Well, hmm, what do you suggest? Tune in to Radio Taiwan International. Here at RTI, we offer the authentic Taiwan experience. You hear the sound of remote attractions, the local food, music, the lives of real Taiwanese as they live it. Visit English.org.